Welcome to TW Now, where we examine today's news and issues in light of the Bible. I'm Scott Winnale. When we look at our society today, we see people in societies that are constantly moving, constantly going, and constantly busy. Shopping venues open early and close late, and many are open 24 hours a day. Cars race to and fro, and everyone seems to be in a hurry. Many accrue vacation or holiday leave, yet an increasing number of people are too busy to use it. Drive by an office building on the weekends and even late at night, and you'll see lights on in occupied offices. Does anybody rest anymore? Did you know that according to science, a day of rest is critical for us to function optimally? Did you know that our Creator God actually commanded us to take a day of rest every week to reflect and recharge? Today's guests will share some of the important results of taking one day off to rest each week. And they'll also show you what the Bible has to say about this important topic. I'd like to welcome back our guests. Today we have with us Mr. Rod McNair. Mr. McNair is a Tomorrow's World presenter and writer and also a minister of religion. He's written articles related to today's topic that include No Hunting on Sundays and Work, A Blessing or a Curse. Mr. McNair, welcome back. Thanks. Good to be here. We also have with us today Mr. Stephen Elliott. Mr. Elliott is a longtime minister, church pastor, and Bible teacher. One of the topics he's researched and taught about for many years now is the Sabbath, and he brings that experience and expertise to our discussion today. Welcome back, Mr. Elliott. Thank you for including me. And I should mention Mr. Elliott is joining us via Skype from Phoenix, Arizona. For our audience today, if you have any questions related to our discussion, please feel free to message us and we'll do our best to address some of your questions. Also, we invite you to subscribe, like, and share today's program. Well, gentlemen, let's jump in and get started today. I mentioned in my opening comments, Mr. Elliott, that there's actually some research on the benefits of rest. I'd like to see if you and Mr. McNair can enlighten us a little bit more. What are some of the benefits that you have found uh, in your research that relate to rest? Scientific American uh, this year has an article, Why Your Brain Needs More Downtime. And this went into a lot more detail than I'd seen before, but it demonstrates that we need time just to let our brain consolidate what it's learned. They, the article calls it cerebral congestion. And it says that uh, many studies prove that after we've studied or learned something, we need time to let that gel and downtime is required. Okay, Mr. McNair. <clears throat> yeah, that, following up on that, it's really that it's the same article Mr. Elliott is referring to. It's really fascinating. Um, in one part, it talks about different studies that were done um, where they were measuring the, the brain activity of individuals, and they found when they were really focused on, on concentrating very hard on one thing, that only disparate parts of the brain would, would light up and were, were active. Whereas then when they took a break, they took a rest, that suddenly there was, there was a lot of connection and, and connectivity between the different parts of the brain. So it seems to be describing what Mr. Elliott is, is talking about, that, that uh, the, the rest, and sometimes even just a very brief momentary rest, is really needed for putting together 
and, and, and uh, for memory, for retention, for understanding, uh, comprehension, putting together what we've been working on. And uh, that's, that's pretty fascinating because it, it describes from a scientific view what I think we know intuitively. Okay. In quoting from this article, it says, idleness is not just a vacation or indulgence or a vice. It's indispensable to the brain as vitamin D is to the body. And deprived, uh, being deprived of it, we suffer a mental affliction, something that most of us probably never thought of. I know I didn't. Hmm. You know that those thoughts and, and what the researcher is sharing seems to, in a way, go against social norms in many Western nations, the United States being one of them. I can think of other nations like um, Japan, that people are known for being incredibly driven. Yet what this research seems to be suggesting is that there's a time to stop pushing so hard. What are your thoughts about that, Mr. Mc... Mr. Elliott, go ahead. Uh. This, uh, this article continues, related research suggests that the default mode network is more active when people take breaks. You know, I, I think we've all been driven, especially in times of school, our college years, but people have learned that uh, if you take a break, if you take a rest, get a good night's sleep, you usually do better the next day. So these are things that scientists are showing us that are built into our bodies. These are Apparently not optional. This is the way we work. I think it's interesting how um, you, you sort of wonder if the way we look at life today and the way society is built, and, and uh, especially, it seems like in American culture especially, we, we think highly of being productive and, and working hard and all of that's good, but you just sort of wonder if Part of the thinking has developed from the whole idea of the Industrial Revolution and how, you know, sort of the assembly line process. And as we get technology to be more and more efficient and we, 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 we eliminate inefficiencies and we get machines to be more efficient, that we assume our bodies and our minds work the same way that we can just drive further and further and harder and harder and continue to, mm -hmm. to attain more and more efficiency when what we're seeing from the last you know, couple decades of research is it just doesn't work that way. Well, Mr. Elliott, I'll, I'll tap into your uh, longer historical view here. Uh, I remember growing up and going to Disneyland in California and they had the Monsanto's House of Tomorrow, which was this model home that looked at technology and it, it speculated about the technology that we would have in the future and how we would have all of these labor-saving devices that would give us so much more time. And it's, it's exactly what Mr. McNair is talking about. Here we are, we are in tomorrow, we have all these labor-saving devices, yet What's going on around us? Are we working less? Are we, are we saving time and having more leisure time? I wonder if you have any thoughts about... Oh, I think it's just the opposite. I remember that display, too. I'm old enough to have gone to Disneyland the year it opened <laughs> and went there many times as a child. But today, I have computers on my desk. I don't have one. I have three. I've got a cell phone that's constantly uh, trying to get attention and so many other things that are going on are 
they're helpful, but they're also terrible distractions. And they keep us from slowing down unless we really work at it. You know, there's another article that we looked at. Uh, it's from CNN Health. It's been called The Importance of a Stop Day. And it's written, it's really a book review by a former emergency room physician, Dr. Matthew Sleeth, called A Prescription for a Healthier, Happier Life. And he points out that we all need a stop day. What I've heard, emergency room physicians and nurses have an incredible workload. They can work terribly long hours under a lot of stress. And he even uses the word Sabbath. He says a stop day is a day that you really cease from your labors. And he says the word Sabbath simply means to cease. Mm -hmm. And he believes and he's learned from his own life and practice that this is necessary. You know, <clears throat> that's a great point, Mr. Elliott, um, talking about how uh, technology has, is supposed to make us more, have more time and make us more efficient. Um, we, many of us carry around these and, uh, you know, you, you, you realize, wow, I can get my messages, I can get my texts, I can get my emails on here, uh, even when I'm not at my desk, at the office. Isn't that going to be great? And, uh, you know, there are times when it's helpful to be mobile, but you quickly learn that, wow, you're, you're actually tethered, and if you're not careful, you become a slave to something that you're that was supposed to make you free mm -hmm. and isn't that interesting that uh, that we've come to this point and that so much of our struggles and and more ca uh, cases of anxiety and depression even are related to not being able to control the the demands on our time which are caused by labor-saving devices that you mm -hmm. you talked about mm -hmm. What a, what a crucial topic to, to, to address. The three of us are ministers. We teach the Bible. We keep the Sabbath. We teach keeping the Sabbath. And yet that can be our most active day, our busiest day. And because of these labor-saving devices, we're always tethered. We can't get away from them. So something for us to work on, too. We were talking about how do we not only teach this subject, but how do we improve in our own lives and our own families' lives living by it? Mm -hmm. It's interesting, talking about technology, in class this week, I, I work with college-age students, <clears throat> and we were talking this week about technology and using technology wisely, and I had them read a couple of different articles, and one of the articles that they read had to do with taking a day off away from technology. And this was, we, we actually published something in Tomorrow's World on this, but this was not Tomorrow's World. This was actually an article written by a, a researcher out in the world or a psychologist, basically saying the same thing, that even with technology, we need to take a day away from it. Because, as you're saying, Mr. Elliot, we're, we're always connected to it. It follows us everywhere. And to get away from that stress and that constant interruption is probably a very important thing to do. They talk about technology Sabbath. Mm -hmm. They talk, talk about just cutting yourself off from that. And, and people who are totally not religious at all are, are, are not, uh, not connected to the Sabbath, the seventh day, worship on the seventh day, 
But they are, like you say, they are talking about taking a technology Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting that, that uh, secular society is coming around to something that God really came up with a long time ago, and, and he built us. He knows we need it, uh, both on a, on a micro level throughout the day, mm -hmm. uh, taking vacations sometimes during the year, but most importantly, uh, once a week, having a Sabbath. Yes. We're actually starting to get a couple of questions coming in from our audience, and I, I'm going to get to them in just a minute. But I want to begin to segue now into another part of our conversation here. We've mentioned this word Sabbath several times. And what I'd like to see if you can do, and Mr. McNair, maybe you can start with this one, is what does the Bible tell us about a day of rest? You, you gentlemen are beginning to make the case, and even science, secular science is showing us that the body needs a time out every week. Let's talk about the Bible and, and sort of God's perspective and perhaps even why God established a day of rest to begin with. Well, to start out, <clears throat> we find one of the Ten Commandments that are, uh, that are written in Exodus 20 uh, that were given at Mount Sinai to the children of Israel. Uh, one of those commandments itself is remember the Sabbath day. Um, and it's connected to the, the creation. It's connected to Genesis when God, uh, when God was forming and shaping and, and, and creating animals and plants and then finally uh, mankind. And then it says on the seventh day he rested. And so it's, it's really a fascinating look at how God actually did it himself, paused, ceased his work as, a, as an example to us in the command to, to rest once a week for a whole day is directly related to remembering who we are and where we come from. So that's sort of the starting point. Okay. You know, a lot of people today mistakenly think that the Seventh-day Sabbath is only for Jews or for Israelites. But as Mr. McNair pointed out, the Seventh-day Sabbath was created at the creation of Adam and Eve. And it was for all humans. That was 1,500 or more years before there were. Actually, it was a lot more than that, a couple thousand years before there were any Israelites or Jews. It was created for all humans because God designed us, designed the human body to need that. You know, if I can jump on onto that, <clears throat> there's uh, the parallel account of the uh, of the commandments in Deuteronomy. Um, I just want to read uh, a little part of it after he talks about observing the Sabbath day, keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor, do all your work. The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. Verse 15, Deuteronomy chapter 5, or chapter 4, I believe. And <clears throat> then it says, And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. This part is not listed in Exodus 20, but isn't it interesting that he connects the Sabbath not just to the creation, but also remember when you were in Egypt when they apparently lost track of the Sabbath. Why? Because they were slaves. They had no control over their lives. And he says, look, I'm teaching you, I'm, you're coming out of slavery, rest one day. Mm -hmm. 
and look at where we are today, where mm -hmm. most people have no concept of resting one day. Are we slaves to our, to our uh, work today? Well, that scripture seems to indicate that, correct me if I'm wrong, but that while they were slaves, they weren't resting. They, they may have been working seven days a week. And so God gives them this contrast of now that you're coming out, you don't need to do that anymore. You do need to take a day and stop. Exactly. And who's working seven days a week now? How many? Are we slaves? How many people? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> there are a number of other scriptures that talk mm -hmm. about this, and one of them is Psalm 119. And I like to start with verse 97. Psalm 119 and verse 97 says, and this is David speaking, Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. And one of the commandments is to keep the seventh day and rest and rejuvenate, get restored, get prepared for the next week. And here we're talking about a society, our own society, that doesn't do this generally. But learning this principle can make us wiser than those around us. They are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers because he's learned something here that most of the world doesn't do. But we can look at this as being something that's old fashioned or something that's restricted to just Israelites or Jews, but it's actually built into the human need. And when we follow it, we derive a benefit. Absolutely. And, and one of those human needs as well is, is health in a lot of different ways. Uh, another scripture that we talked about beforehand was in Exodus 15, how God said that when he brought the Israelites out of Egypt, that he would, he would protect them, he would help them to, so they wouldn't have the diseases of the Egyptians. And um, <clears throat> this, uh, there was an article, I think this was Mr. Elliott was referring to this, the importance of a stop day uh, from CNN. And uh, the, this, uh, the interviewer is, is, is asking this, this uh, Dr. Sleeth, you go as far as to say that going full throttle 24-7 is an illness. How do you recognize the signs? And he says, in response, I find there's a growing epidemic, really, of depression. We're the most depressed country in the world. The World Health Organization says somewhere between 1 in 9 and 1 in 10 Americans are being treated for depression. They tend to work more hours than any other country in the world. Japan is second closest. Then he talks about how we pour our, out chemicals and adrenaline and, and, and uh, things that are, are good for a short-term burst, but we're not meant to work like that constantly. And so as Mr. Elliott was mentioning, uh, it's, it's God's commandments actually make us wise, make us healthy, because we are built to, to, uh, to, to, be, to function that way. You know, I can't help but think of <clears throat> Jesus Christ's comments in Mark chapter 2. Mr. Elliot, you were talking about how God designed the body, and he designed it to need to rest. <clears throat> and you guys, are, gentlemen, are talking about how understanding these commandments and keeping them makes us wiser. Yet in Mark chapter 2, at the end of the chapter, Jesus Christ himself said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so God designed the Sabbath for us. 
is, is exactly what Jesus Christ is saying to, to, in a sense, force us to quit, force us to stop, force us to take that day that allows our minds and our bodies to recoup and rejuvenate. It, it, so many people today, it seems, talk about this Old Testament God who was mean and rash, and yeah. yet this Old Testament God, who happens to be Jesus Christ, is the God that said, I love you, and I, I care so much about you, I'm even going to give you a day off a week, and I really want you to stop and take it. You know, it's funny that we don't want to talk about religion or something that comes out of the Bible, but there's a life hack article entitled Why Rest Days Are Important for Higher Efficiency at Work. Here's something that entrepreneurs, mm. scientists, doctors are learning, but they generally keep it apart from any kind of religion. But this article gives a number of points. It says, number one, you'll keep your brain sharp. Number two, you'll be more creative. Number three, you'll get more done in less time. Number four, you'll make better decisions. Five, you'll prevent illness. Mr. McNair mentioned that earlier. Six, you'll catch up on sleep. And seven, you'll have time to review and reflect. And really, all of those are benefits in keeping the Sabbath. Mm. Go ahead. You know, isn't it interesting that, I mean, that... All of those things, Mr. Elliot, was you were just mentioning, those, those sound like a real burden, don't they? <laughs> those sound like you know, getting more sleep and feeling better, being more attentive, being you know, being able to focus and concentrate more. Uh, they 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 sound like such a burden that why would anyone be so cruel as to tell you, look, you can have some time off? Isn't it strange that? that our society has turned right to wrong and up to down to the point where the, the one command in, in the Ten Commandments, which is telling you, look, you're working hard all week. Take one day off. How in the world did that ever come to be seen as a burden? It, it's not logical. It's not rational. It doesn't make any sense. Well, and I guess there's a question in that then. <clears throat> How in the world did it ever come to be that people look at this in a negative way? Is there an answer to that? Mr. Elliot? Well, sure, there's an answer to that. There are two scriptures in the New Testament that says that there is an, another God, a God of this world, that deceives the whole world. Second Corinthians 4, 4 and Revelation 12, verse 9 describe who I like to call the other guy the one who deceived Adam and Eve, the one who is still deceiving the world, and the one who says what God says for you to do is a burden. You know, that's he's not nice. It's not fair. Mm. But I think we demonstrate that it's just the opposite. And yet we've all heard these things. We have all been deceived by them. There's another scripture in Ezekiel 20 and verse 20. Verse, I'm going to start in verse 19 where God says, I am the Lord your God, walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. Now, I think the people that are watching us today have an interest in religion or they wouldn't be here. I think they must be interested in finding out what it is we believe and what we're teaching. And we see in verse 20, God says, hallow my Sabbaths and they shall be a sign between me and you. He's not speaking to the Israelites or the Jews. He's speaking to everyone. He's saying his Sabbaths are a sign. 
Now, we've seen good reasons for keeping that for a day of rest, but also God says this is important. If we worship him, if we want to follow him, this is something he requires. You know, and when you do that, <clears throat> when, you, when you spend that time not just resting, not, not just not working, not just having some time off, but when we actually spend that time in thinking about our life and thinking about where we have been, where we're going, what, what are we here for? What's our purpose? As there's a passage in Isaiah chapter 58 that talks about uh, God is speaking. If you call the Sabbath a delight and if you pull back from speaking your own words, having your own thoughts, finding your own pleasures... If you will really seek me, he says, and if you'll really think about what's important and what do you want to accomplish in life mm -hmm. and worship him on that day. I mean, these articles that we've been talking about, uh, some of them not only talk about resting, but that there is a spiritual dimension that comes from really taking a day of, uh, to, to think about these things. Mm -hmm. It works in our body. It helps our mind. It all it all fits together. Mm -hmm. Mr. Elliott, just to re okay, go ahead. Just to reiterate, God says here that my Sabbaths are a sign between me and you, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. The Sabbaths are a sign. What that means to me is God can look down on this earth every Sabbath and see who His people really are. Mm -hmm which people really want to worship him and really want to be his people because the Sabbath is a sign. And if they're keeping that Sabbath, he can see it, he can tell. This is something that's more than just a good idea, medically speaking, and for all the other reasons we've mentioned. This is terribly important to the Creator. Can I jump on the end of what Mr. Elliot just said? Is there, as he said, there's a sign of God's people and it has to do with one of the, the signs is the Sabbath. There also is a sign that there might be a hint of the Sabbath in there as well, that in the end time is going to be a mark of mm. not God's people. And that's found in uh, Revelation 13. He's talking about uh, a great false prophet who does great signs. He calls fire down from heaven. This is a, this is a, a frightening and scary time he's talking about in the future. Um, he, he does signs. He deceives those on the earth. Um, he, verse 16, causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So there's all kinds of speculation about what that mark is. Is it, is it a chip? Is it, you know, your social security number? Well, when you put it all together, it certainly looks like this system is going to be it pro, uh, proliferating an idea of, of, of rebellion against God, anti-God, anti-laws of God, particularly the Sabbath. What, what, what do we do with our right hand? We work. We're active. We buy and sell, he says there. And, and what do we... What do we think about? Well, that's, where our, that's what we profess and what we believe. So do we want the mark of being God's people 
or do we want to be a part of this very anti-God system at the end? Mm-hmm. You know, studies of comparative religions show that there are many religions who worship many different gods, and often those gods have different days of the week that they want to be worshipped. Uh, Sunday is the most common Christian god today. The Muslims worship on Friday. I've heard of other religions, and I don't remember them right off. It's been a long time since I took that class. But who worship on different days of the week? The Creator says his day is the seventh day Sabbath. The other gods, they have a different day. And we as individuals have to decide which god we're going to worship, which god we're going to follow. Which day, yes. Mr. McNair, I want to hit you with a question from our audience. I think it's helpful, but it's more detailed here. And Mr. Uh, Elliot, please feel free to chime in as well. It says, most people rest from work, or many people rest from work on the weekend, uh, but they're busy doing recreational activities and other things on those two days. Is the Sabbath rest different from those types of activities? Uh, resting just from your, your daily job? Yeah, um, I think the Isaiah chapter 58 speaks to that, thir- uh, verse 13 and 14, uh, where it says, you know, to not be seeking your own pleasure, not be speaking your own words, uh, not be doing your own ways. I think we also can, uh, we have to look at what was, uh, what else are we supposed to do on that day? Are, is, are we just supposed to sleep all day? Mm. Or... Do we see the Bible speaks of worship? We see that that Jesus went to the synagogue on that day. He was a Jew. Uh, Paul uh, kept the Sabbath as his custom was, um, and we so we find that it's not just a cessation of work, but it it literally is a time to to worship God, to draw near to God. Um, so we do something proactive, not just a negation of our work. Mm-hmm. Clarifier for us, uh, Mr. Elliot. When we mention not saying our own words or not doing our own pleasure, does that mean we can't do anything pleasurable on the Sabbath? And what is, what is this not saying our own words all about? Well, that same scripture says if you find the Sabbath honorable, you'll, it will become a delight to you. And we learn to keep the Sabbath better by practicing it. First of all, what we do, we have a church service. And so we get together with other people with like minds. But we have more time on that day, as you said, to reflect, to consider our week, consider our life. How's it going? Do we need to change something? We have more time that day to read our Bible, to think about God, even to pray to God and spend more time with him and focus on the more important things in life that day. There are a lot of fun things. You know, I like to go to baseball games and there are other sports and other things that are a lot of fun, but they would distract me from higher purposes that day. That's what I see as doing your own thing, speaking your own words. This is a day for us to reset maybe, a big reset button for the week and reflect on what's truly important and who our God is and what he wants out of us, what he wants to give us and how he wants to bless us. So it's a day of positive things and not just entertainment. That's the third or fourth time that you gentlemen have brought up the term distraction, by the way. Uh, I wonder if either of you could muse on that just a little bit. 
how distraction is tied in with day of rest or how it may conflict? Well, I think the, the, the point that Mr. Elliott is making is that it's, it's a day to focus in terms of the, the Sabbath. What is God wanting? What is it God wanting us to do? Mm -hmm. um, we have so many distractions in this, in this life. We keep so busy, and yet so many times, so many people talk about, well, they're just on a treadmill, mm -hmm. and yet never stop and, and reflect. And so we can, we can find the days turning into weeks, turning into months, turning into years, mm -hmm. without thinking deeply if we're not careful. And so just cutting out some of those distractions, let's say uh, social media or TV or you know, reading novels, things that maybe are fine in the context of the rest of the week, uh, but really if we're trying to, trying to zero in on, on getting in tune with what God wants, not to be a burden. And I think that's, that's one thing that I think we have to be maybe make the statement that are we talking about a lot of do's and don'ts that related mm -hmm. to the Sabbath day? Jesus Christ was, was very clear when he uh, reprimanded the Pharisees for accusing his disciples of just, you know, picking a, mm -hmm. a stalk of grain or corn as they were walking through a field. Mm -hmm. And he said, come on, guys, the Sabbath was never meant to be a burden where you, you couldn't even just pick a, a piece of fruit and eat it as you're walking through the field. So when we talk about the Sabbath, we don't mean that. We, we mean it's a day to reflect and honor our God and learn more about Him. It's also a day for family. Mm -hmm. We uh, happen to live close to our adult sons and their families and our grandchildren, and we'll often get together either Friday night for a dinner with the family and just enjoy everybody's company. Uh, we'll talk about the week. We'll talk about things that are going on. On the Sabbath day, I already mentioned, we get a chance to go to services and meet with other people of like mind. And so it's an uplifting day. It's a delightful day. But the day is really, as Mr. McNair was saying, about a reset and about thinking what, what's more important, the higher goals and values. And all of these come together. So it's a delightful day for family and friends and spending more time with God, spending time with family and friends in a godly way. Gentlemen, we need to begin to wind this down. So I'd like to ask you a, a concluding question. We'll start with you, Mr. McNair. Can you please leave our audience with a takeaway message for today? We've talked about a number of issues that relate to the Sabbath and resting and the benefits of that. What would you like our what would you like to highlight in our conversation today for the audience? I think I, I would say to think for yourself and approach this subject with an open mind. There is so much pressure from tradition, from our neighborhoods, from our friends, from our relatives to conform to the norm. And yet when we when we look at the evidence that we've talked about today, that, that we need not just a rest, we need a weekly rest from our, from our labors. And then when we compare it with what God says, uh, clearly there, there's something that we should be doing. There's a lot of pressure to, to, to just continue going with the, the world. You stick out when you keep the Sabbath, when you keep the seventh day. 
But I, I, you know, I, we would encourage our, our viewers to be bold and think for yourself and analyze the facts and look at what God is saying and step out on faith. It's a remarkable blessing when you keep it, as Mr. Elliot explained, about being God's people. It's a huge mark. There. Thank you. Mr. Elliot, your thoughts? If we look around the world, we have to admit that it seems most people are not interested and are not uh, looking to worship a creator God. But for those who are, the Sabbath is not optional. The Sabbath is the sign between the creator and his people. And as Mr. McNair said, we have to step out boldly if this is what we want to become, if we want to be a child of the true God, of the Creator God, this is one of the steps. In fact, it's one of the first steps, one of the tests for most people. But it becomes a big blessing as soon as we begin keeping the Sabbath and learning to use it for the good it gives us. Okay, thank you. Mr. Elliott, thanks for joining us again this week. Appreciate it very much. Delight. Thank you. Mr. McNair, thanks for being in the studio again. And both of you enjoyed the conversation today and the insights that you had to share. You really make a compelling case for taking a day off every week, both from the uh, more secular side, but also from the biblical side. For our audience, as we've discussed today, our bodies and our minds need a day of rest every week. We need a day to get away from our daily stresses. As we take time away from work, our bodies recover, our stress levels drop, our memories improve, our motivation improves, and our brains are able not only to repair themselves, but also to make connections with information that we cannot make when we're working and under stress. In his infinite wisdom, as we've talked about today, God amazingly and lovingly created the Sabbath as a day of weekly rest for humanity. This is a 24-hour period where he actually commands us to avoid day-to-day -day work, to get extra sleep and physical rest. He also guides us to focus our minds on him and plan his plan for mankind and aspects of life that matter the most. And this same God, who designed us to need a weekly day of rest to function optimally, actually prescribed the day of the week that he wants us to take our day of rest upon. That's the seventh day, the day we call Saturday. To find out more about what the Bible has to say about this day, be sure to read our booklet, Which Day is the Christian Sabbath? It's available for you. You can download it. You can read it at tomorrowsworld.org. This is a great booklet, and it's very well documented. It discusses some of the many benefits of a weekly day of rest, and it also proves the Sabbath day from the pages of your Bible. We do invite you to join us each week on TW Now for more insights into today's news and issues. Next week, we plan to discuss the prophetic issue of the four horsemen of Revelation and identify who they really are. So please do join us again next week. We also invite you to subscribe, like, and share today's program. And by the way, you can download the TW Now as a podcast. Just type in TW Now from your favorite podcast app. We'll see you again next week.